There's many sayings about not stirring up trouble, like uh, sleeping dogs lie or don't rock the boat. But then there's uh, that one that's the saying that seems appropriate for Jesus this week, poking the bear. Here's the story. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, and they threw him out in the vineyard and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what do you think he will do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This is the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruit of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. Last week's uh, gospel, I mentioned Jesus always confronting the religious leaders, and the gospel this week is a continuance of that same dialogue. I mean, last week he accused the chief priest of not heeding John the Baptist. And uh, this week he accuses them of persecuting the prophets and actually alludes to his own death at their hands on the cross, an illusion I don't think they notice. Uh, at least the gospel doesn't say so. It says they realize he's talking about them, but, and they get angry and want to arrest him, but you, you, know, you don't see anything where it says, and they th- realize he was talking about them killing him or something. I think if you said if Jesus were walking to earth today, he wouldn't be scared of a bar fight. I think you'd be scoffed at. A lot of people would probably be offended by what you were saying, and they'd probably tell you, no, you're wrong. Jesus was humble and meek and mild. That's what we Christians live up to today. And last night, you know, my wife and I, we were watching a movie that was put out by a Christian film company from the 90s. You know, it had all the, all the hallmarks of a Christian-produced film in that era. Uh, it was horrible acting. The script was horrendous. Uh, the acting, the actors in it, uh, good Lord. Uh, it had a lot of cliches about Christianity that, to me, was cringeworthy. It's definitely not uh, Oscar material. And all the churchgoers in that movie, they were all smiling, hugging, they were meek, mild, even humble, if that's what you want to call it. And that's not to say that churchgoers are smiling, meek, you know, and mild and nice and friendly, you know. Uh, just wait till you join a church and attend it for about six months, then you'll start to really see things coming around. Um, But anyway, there's this image that many in society have of how Christians should act to the point that sometimes churches are actually taken advantage of because, hey, it's the Christian thing to do. But I'm starting to see a contrast here between this Americana view of meek Christianity, if you will, and how Jesus is actually acting in this lesson. He's confrontational. 
He's calling the chief priests and the Pharisees out on their bad behavior and hypocrisy on their home turf. He's poking the bear. It's interesting to note that Jesus says uh, to them, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you. That implies they actually have possession. It makes me wonder, you know, if Jesus would have rather seen the priesthood reformed. But then if you start looking at his prophetic words about, um, you know, him being uh, killed, um, his words actually start, start to lean towards a judgment that's already been passed, and the sentence is just not carried out yet. Jesus must have been a great storyteller, too. I mean, these guys, they sit and they listen to him and answer his questions. They get duped into this cat-and-mouse game with Jesus every time, thinking that they're the cat, but Jesus always ends up humiliating them. And I bet Jesus just gets this great satisfaction out of this. But here you go. You have this parable of the landowner sending out servants, or the prophets, if you will, to gather tenants to reap the harvest. And the tenants show no respect for the servants, i.e. the prophets, and instead of listening to them, they kill them or persecute them. And then the landowner, God, sends the son, Jesus, who teaches with authority. He heals and brings good news, yet they hate him because of the love the people have for him, and people believe Jesus to be a prophet. Jesus is a challenge to the chief priests and the Pharisees, not because he's a nice guy to everyone but them, but because Jesus boldly speaks the truth. And I think that's the Jesus we should be modeling as Christians. Not our idea of meekness or humbleness to the point of suffering, but boldly speaking the truth against injustice, hatred, and hypocrisy. I guess Jesus' mantra would be, if speaking the truth is wrong, I don't want to be right. Or, as Martin Luther said, who I think was actually modeling this bear-poking Jesus, here I stand, I can do no other.